Loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for giving us a privilege to fellowship with you today. We are grateful, Father, for your love, loving care which you have bestowed upon us and how you have sustained us and shown us your mercy. And we thank you for the forgiveness of sins also. Now, dear Lord, as we fellowship with you, our true purpose and aim is that we may receive power, as you have promised in your word, power to become the sons of God, power to overcome the weaknesses and defects in our characters. Now is the time to speak to us, and without your spirit, we cannot understand what you have to say to us. Please grant us graciously of your spirit. Put your words in my mouth too, O Lord, and that I may, as I speak, it may speak wealth and health and blessing and edification to all your children who are listening to the end that we may become like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Do this and take the glory in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. and courage October 21 he failed the test then Jesus beholding him loved him and said unto him one thing thou lackest go thy way sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come take up thy cross and follow me Mark chapter 10 verse 21 Christ looked into the face of the young man as if reading his life and searching his character. He loved him and he hungered to give him that peace and grace and joy which would materially change his character. Anxious longing, what soul hunger did the Savior look at the young man? hoping that he would yield to the invitation of the Spirit of God. The ruler was quick to discern all that Christ's words involved, and he became sad to give up his earthly treasure that was seen, for the heavenly treasure that was unseen was too great a risk. He refused the offer of eternal life and went away, and ever after the world was to receive his worship. Thousands are passing through this ordeal, weighing Christ against the world, and many choose the world. Like the young ruler, they turn from the Savior, saying in their hearts, I will not have this man as my leader. All should consider what it means to desire heaven and yet to turn away because of the conditions laid down. Think of what it means to say no to Christ. The ruler said, No, I cannot give you all. Do we say the same? The ruler's possessions were entrusted to him that he might prove himself a faithful steward. He was to dispense these goods for the blessing of those in need. So God now entrusts men with means, with talents and opportunities that they may be his agents in helping the poor and the suffering. He who uses his entrusted gifts as God designs becomes a co-worker with the Savior. 
to those who like the young ruler are in high positions of trust and have great possessions it may seem too great a sacrifice to give up all in order to follow christ but this is the rule of conduct for all who would become his disciples nothing short of obedience can be accepted self-surrender is the substance of the teachings of christ amen The title of our devotion for today is He Failed the Test. The test being referred to here is a test to see whether we love God more than we love the world. And the person being referred to who failed is a rich young ruler. But today, you are the one that is being tested. Just as the rich young ruler was tested, you and I are also going to be tested with the world versus God. The Lord would want to see which you would choose. Will you choose Him or will you choose the world? That is the focus of our devotion for today. Reading from the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 20 to 22, we will see the other part of the events that took place between the rich young ruler and Jesus. It says, And he answered and said unto him, Master, that's the rich young ruler said, Master, all these have I obeyed from my youth. Of course, Jesus had said to the rich young ruler who asked him, What must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Keep the commandments. And that's when he said, All these have I observed from my youth. Then verse 21 says, Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. And he, that's the rich young ruler, was sad at that saying, and went away, grieved, for he had great possessions. My, oh my. Here was the world given to this man, and in another sense, the world given to the man. The man thought he had the world, but Jesus, Jesus was actually offering to him something i would say that is the world but more in another sense jesus was offering to him the riches of eternal life and the pleasures of being with him forevermore do you understand what that means what is it that you may possess in this earth that is better than what the lord has planned to give to his people john 14 reading from verse 1 jesus said let not your heart be troubled believe in god believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so i would have told you i go to prepare a place for you and if i go to prepare a place for you i will come to receive you to myself that where i am there you may be also what was it that this man had that in comparison to what the Lord had to give to him was better. Of course, he had nothing in comparison. But because he could not see what Jesus was offering him, he preferred to hold on to what he could see. My, oh my, many of us are in the same situation today. But let us understand basically what was the problem with this rich young ruler and his wealth. Why is it that he found it hard to part with it? Reading from Testimonies, Volume 1, page 171, paragraph 2 and downward, it tells us Jesus quoted five of the last six commandments to the young man. Also, the second great commandment on which the last six commandments hang. 
commandments hang. Those mentioned he thought he had kept. Jesus did not mention the first four commandments containing our duty to God. In answer to the inquiry of the young man, what like are yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Here was his lack. He failed to keep the first four commandments, also the last six. He failed to love his neighbor as himself, said Jesus, give to the poor. Jesus touched his possessions, sell that thou hast and give to the poor. In this direct reference, he pointed out his idol. His love of riches was supreme. Therefore, it was impossible for him to love God with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind. And this supreme love for riches shut his eyes to the wants of his fellow men. He did not love his neighbor as himself. Therefore, he failed to keep the last six commandments. His heart was on his treasure. It was swallowed up in his earthly possessions. He loved his possessions better than God, better than the heavenly treasure. He heard the conditions from the mouth of Jesus. If he would sell and give to the poor, he should have treasure in heaven. Here was a test of how much higher he prized eternal life than riches. Did he eagerly lay hold of the prospect of eternal life? Did he earnestly strive to remove the obstacle that was in his way of having a treasure in heaven? Oh no, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions." As we read in Conflict and Courage, page 300, paragraph 3, it says, The ruler was quick to discern all that Christ's words involved, and he became sad to give up his earthly treasure that was seen, for the heavenly treasure that was unseen was too great a risk. He refused the offer of eternal life and went away, and ever after, the world was to receive his worship." End of quote. And how many there are today who are like the rich young ruler, when they are told of the conditions to be met and the sacrifices to be made in order to make it to God's kingdom and have eternal life, they begin to reason in themselves, what if there is no heaven? What if there is no new earth? What if there is no eternal life? They are unwilling to take what they think is a risk. What really was the issue with this rich young ruler? It was unbelief. Of a truth, if only he could see that eternal life there and now with his eyes, if he could feel it, if he could touch it and handle it, he may sell all he has for it and all its glories. But many today are unwilling to exercise the faith necessary to take hold of eternal life just like this man. If if eternal life was something he could see with his eyes and Jesus said, look at it, this is eternal life, but you must sell all you have to have it, he would have gone to do that. But the problem with him was, to him it was a risk, he was taking chances. What if there's nothing like eternal life? He could sell all he had, make no mistake, he could. If he could see that eternal life with his eyes, he would sell it. But no, he couldn't sell it because he didn't have faith to believe that truly there was something prepared for those who would give up all for Christ's sake.
Then Jesus continued in Matthew 19, verse 23 to 24. Then Jesus, after the rich young ruler left, he says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. As it is written in the book of Mark chapter 10, verse 23 and 24, it goes this way, it says, And Jesus looked round about and said unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? Amen. So what is the problem? Trusting in riches. We read in Conflict and Courage, page 300, paragraph 5, that the ruler's possessions were entrusted to him that he might prove himself a faithful steward. He was to dispense these goods for the blessing of those in need. So God now entrusts men with means. You who are listening to me, do you have money? It doesn't have to be so much. Any amount. God entrusts you with it. With talents also and opportunities that they may be his agents, you and I may be his agents in helping the poor and the suffering. He who uses his entrusted gifts as God designs become a co- becomes a co-worker with the Savior. End of quote. Amen. So, what is the test for us? The man failed his test. And what was the test? God gave him riches so that it could be used for the glory of God to help the poor. Today, God is giving you riches, but not only riches, he's giving you opportunities and talents. What are your talents that you have? That is your wealth. Those are your riches. What are you using it for? Don't think you are not in the same condition as this rich young ruler. God is saying to you, go, use that talent that is given to you to bless people. Don't use it to glorify self. Some people know how to sing. What are you using it for? To glorify self or to glorify God? Some others have the talents of skills, hand skills, various ones, whether it is the soft skills in the computer or the hard skills well, that has to do with mechanical things. What are you using it for? Others have skills of writing. Others have skills of speaking. What are you using your skills for? That is your riches. Jesus is saying to you, go, use your talents to bless people, the poor. Use it for the glory of God. Then follow me. Because this rich young ruler, what was his own talent? Riches. But he didn't want to use it for God. He wanted to use it for himself. He didn't want to use it to bless anyone. He wanted to use it for himself. That is the test for you and that's the test for me. The Lord is saying to you too today, go, use those talents you have for me. Would you go away sorrowful also when you realize that you cannot use your talent the way you want? that you cannot use it to bring glory to self, but you must use it to bring glory to God? Will you go away sorrowfully and lose eternal life? Reading from Testimonies, Volume 1, page 172, paragraph 2, we are told, I saw that it is God's plan that these riches should be used properly, distributed to bless the needy and to advance the work of God. If men love their riches better than they love their fellow men, better than they love God or the truths of his word, if their hearts are on their riches, they cannot have eternal life. They would rather yield the truth than sell and give to the poor. Here they are proved to see how much they love God, how much they love the truth. And like the young man in the Bible, many go away sorrowful because they cannot have their riches and a treasure in heaven too.
they cannot have both and they venture to risk their chance of eternal life for a worldly possession end of quote and such a sad situation it is what does this mean for us god shows us the conditions that's what happened to this man and he went away sorrowful many of us are seeing if you want to have eternal life you must refuse to lie refuse to steal do not covet do not falsify documents keep the sabbath and when you read the conditions do you go away sorrowful and say no i have great possessions i have great plans for myself and if i must have eternal life by keeping the commandments i would rather lose eternal life because my mind is on my money and my money is on my mind my mind is on my plan and my plan is on my mind but jesus says to you lay not treasure for yourself on this earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves shall break through and steal but lay for yourselves treasures in heaven where no moth and rust will corrupt and where no thieves can break through and steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also that is the law of the mind it is not where your heart is there your treasure will be do you want your heart to be on heavenly things then put your treasure on heavenly things hear those words again where your treasure is what's your treasure your money your skills your talents your possessions what are you using them for put them to use for the work of god and then your mind will go there too where your treasure is if you are spending your time going from place to place to study the bible with people if you are speaking the truth to people if you are training young children your own children or other children for the for the work of god in the way of the lord to just have characters formed in the image of god if you if you engage in these kind of noble works or spend your money for the furtherance of the gospel or use your talents and your skill and your energy for that same purpose you are putting your treasure in heaven and guess what will happen to your mind your mind will also be there do you see your mind distracted from eternal things it is because you are using your treasures away from eternal things do you want your mind to be focused on eternal things jesus says put your treasure on heavenly things then you see that your mind also will go there that is a law of the mind that jesus gave there for where your treasure is there will your mind be also People are distracted because their treasure is somewhere else. They are using their energy, their skills, their talents, their money on the things of this world. Therefore, their mind is always on it. But change direction and use it for the glory of God and your mind will also be there. Mark chapter 10 verse 25 to 27 says, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure saying among themselves who then can be saved and jesus looking upon them said with men it is impossible but not with god with god all things are possible to explain this i'm reading from testimonies volume 1 page 172 paragraph 3 it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of god with god all things are possible truth set home to the heart by the spirit of god will crowd out the love of riches the love of Jesus and of riches cannot dwell in the same heart. The love of God so far surpasses the love of riches that the possessor breaks away from his riches and transfers his affections to God. True love 
he is then led to minister to the wants of God's cause. It is his highest pleasure to make a right disposition of his Lord's goods. Love to God and his fellow men predominates and he holds all that he has as not his own and faithfully discharges his duty as God's steward. Then can he keep both the great commandments of the law, Thou shalt love thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. In this way, it is possible for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And everyone that had forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit it everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. This is ex- end of quote. You see, when Jesus had spoken this, in Matthew 19 verse 27, it says, Peter answered and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And that was when Jesus promised that everyone who forsakes everything for his sake will have eternal life and will also receive more even in this life. But before we go into that, remember, how is it that a rich man can make it to the kingdom of God. We will dwell on that in subsequent devotions but suffice to say that what we have read now says that when love for God comes to the heart, it will surpass the love for riches and when the truth is set home in the heart, that the Spirit of God will make this truth to crowd out the love of riches. So it is the truth that will take away the love of riches that will make the rich man to do what the Lord has asked him to do and then discharge his duty as God's steward and use his wealth for the glory of God. So, there is a promise for all of us who will leave all we have to follow the Lord. As I was saying, Peter was the one who asked Jesus, We have left all, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have? And Jesus said unto him in Matthew 19 verse 28, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye shall sit also upon the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. Amen. Testimonies, Volume 1, page 173, paragraph 1 says, Here is the reward of those who sacrifice for God. They receive a hundredfold in this life, amen, and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. I was shown those who receive the truth but do not live in it. They cling to their possessions and are not willing to distribute of their substance to advance the cause of God. They have not faith to venture and trust God. Their love of this world swallows up their faith. God calls for a portion of their substance, but they heed it not. They reason that they have labored hard to obtain what they have, and they cannot lend it to the Lord, for they may come to want. O ye of little faith! That God who cared for Elijah in the time of famine will not pass by one of his self-sacrificing children. He who has numbered the hairs of their head will care for them, and in the days of famine they will be satisfied. While the wicked are perishing all around them for want of bread, their bread and water will be sure. Those who still cling to their earthly treasure will not make a right disposition of that which is lent them of God. 
will lose their treasure in heaven and lose everlasting life. End of quote. What is this telling us? Do you have faith in God? You know, the Bible says there is that withholdeth more than is meat and yet it tends to poverty and there is that gathereth and yet scattereth. In other words, there are people who sacrifice and it doesn't make them poor. And there are those who are stingy and want to, they want to keep all to themselves but yet they continue to get poor. Making sacrifices for God makes us think that we are going to have our lives difficult. But is that what the word of God says? Jesus said if you forsake all for his sake, that he will give you all those things you forsook, houses, lands, brethren, sisters, even eternal life. You will not lose anything. Do you believe it? Well, I can say to you that I don't only believe it, but I have experienced it. The time that you might have used to conjure one business plan and the Lord may be calling you. Of course, he doesn't call everyone to do full-time ministry or to go for evangelism. But there are times when the Lord is telling you there is something I want you to do. But that thing you are going to do for him in an evangelistic effort, it looks like there is no money coming out of it. And your mind is always on plans that will bring money. Evangelism does not bring money. It takes it. It's, it's, you are spending. Sharing tracts and making tracts, it makes us spend money. On the things of God, it does not in and of itself bring money. It consumes it and makes you think that there is nothing good that will come out of working for God, at least as, finan- as far as financial things are concerned. But is that the case? The Lord says, even if you lose houses, brother, brethren, sisters, father, mother, you will have it a hundredfold. It is a matter of faith. God's children will never go hungry. When the people of the world are going hungry, God knows how to take care of his children. Even when there was a famine, Isaac got rich during the famine. And not that he traveled anywhere. That same land that there was a famine was where he stayed and he got wealthy in that same place. God knows how to bless his children. Many are afraid to make a sacrifice for God because they think it will make them poor. They think it will make them wretched. They think it will make them rich, uh, miserable. You cannot be any farther from the truth. The Lord has promised that his children will never go hungry. And he has said that even in this present life, he will care for you. It is a matter of faith. That's why he said, O ye of little faith. Take not thought for what you shall put on what you shall eat and what you shall drink. For after these things do the Gentiles seek, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Those were the words of Jesus. But he hit the nail on the head. He laid the axe to the root when he said, O ye of little faith. That is where we are having the problem. We look at Jesus and he's saying what he's saying like the rich young ruler, but we find it hard to give up all that we have and we say to ourselves a bird in hand is what more than two in the bush and we say oh do not put all your eggs in one basket but jesus is saying no i want you to put put all your eggs in my own basket don't put it in another basket because i will not accept that you must take up your cross matthew 16 reading from verse 24 to 26 says then jesus said unto his disciples if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whosoever will save his life shall lose it and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul this is the question to us today 
Reading from Conflict and Courage, page 300, paragraph 4, we are told, Thousands, which includes you and me, are passing through this ordeal, weighing Christ against the world, and many choose the world. Like the young ruler, they turn from the Savior, saying in their hearts, I will not have this man as my leader. All should consider what it means to desire heaven and yet to turn away because of the conditions laid down. Think of what it means to say no to Christ. The ruler said, no, I cannot give you all. Do we say the same? What does it mean to weigh Christ against the world? It means to be shown the conditions, to be met and the sacrifices to be made in order to have eternal life and consider the conditions impossible to be made or to be met or just be unwilling to meet it. It means to consider the sacrifice too great. What are the conditions? It is just as Jesus said, keep the commandments. That's the condition. What Jesus told the man to sell all he had, he was simply pointing the man to the conditions he was not meeting up to. He was covetous, selfish and greedy so that he had no love for God or man. He wouldn't use his money for God's work, neither will he use it to bless anybody. He will not give to the cause of God. In doing this, he was a sinner. He loved money more than he loved God. He chose the world above Jesus. We also find ourselves in this condition. When we are told to hold on to principle above monetary gain, but choose to sacrifice principle so that we can gain something on this earth. When you are told, here is eternal life before you, but the devil is presenting to you, look, if you must have this world's goods, you must steal, you must falsify some documents, you must break the Sabbath, you must tell lies, you must be covetous, you must be selfish and greedy, you must have that competitive spirit, you must put somebody else down if you must have the things of this world. And then we are standing there at the crossroads and we're asking ourselves, do I choose Jesus or do I choose the world? And sadly, many choose the world. But Jesus is telling us today, Jeremiah 9 verse 23 and 24, Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, Neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exerciseth loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Amen. Conflict and Courage page 300 paragraph 6 tells us to those who like the young ruler are in high positions of trust and have great possessions, it may seem too great a sacrifice to give up all in order to follow Christ. But this is the rule of conduct for all who will become his disciples. Nothing short of obedience can be accepted. Self-surrender is the substance of the teachings of Christ. End of quote. So, why did the rich young ruler leave? Why didn't he follow Jesus? The Bible says because he had great possessions. Great possession is only great based on how we value it. There are those who have had even greater possessions than this man, who have been able to give it all up. That is, they didn't let it come between them and eternal life. This man was standing before someone who had given up far exceeding greater and eternal riches so that he could give his life for man. Jesus had far greater possessions, which in comparison to anything we own or can ever own, pales into comparison. But Jesus was willing to give it all up so that we can have eternal life, which we all seek and which this ruler sought, but he gave it up 
Jesus gave up all his riches for our sake. Jesus will not accept anyone into his kingdom who is not willing to sacrifice all for his sake, just like he sacrificed all for our sake. So I want to encourage all who are listening to me today. Perhaps you are on the verge of losing your hold on Jesus and thinking, it is not worth it to wait on Jesus and hold on to principle. Hold on. Don't give up. Wait on the Lord. His promises are sure. Are you in doubt as to whether there is really eternal life? Is Satan whispering to you, telling you that a bird in hand is worth two in the bush? Are you being told not to put all your eggs in one basket? That you should not be foolish to put all your trust in a kingdom that you have never seen, in eternal life that you don't know whether it exists? Or do you consider it a risk to give up all for Jesus? Perhaps you are afraid that if you follow the word of God and fulfill the conditions, it may render you poor or your standard of living may drop. Perhaps you are wondering if it is worth it to give up all for eternal life. Let me assure you, the promises of the Lord are true. He will never let you go hungry and never will the righteous beg for bread. God has promised and his track record shows us that we can trust him. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He gave up all for you. He left everything, literally everything to come to a world where he lived in poverty. While all men were having their boats and horses, camels, donkeys and chariots, our Lord Jesus was walking on foot from place to place. His lot was not that of the rich and wealthy. He endured all this for your sake and my sake. If he wanted, he would have remained in heaven and given us up, but he didn't. He lived this life for me and for you. Now, he asks us to give up all for him. But he only asks so that he can give us eternal riches, something exceedingly better than whatever we have now. He has also given us evidences to show that he can be trusted. So, do not doubt. The signs of the times are fulfilling around us and they are meant to help us increase our faith and trust in God. Trust him. Don't hold back anything. Jesus means well. Hold on right where you are. Do not lose hope. Don't stop believing. If you have never had faith or believed, now is the time to believe. Jesus means well. Trust him and he will not forsake you. Psalms 37 reading from verse 1 tells us, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way to the Lord. Trust, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. I am emphasizing trust because I know that is what is lacking in many of us. We cannot see how our lives are going to be properly lived on this earth if we don't follow the world's plan. We feel like if we follow God like the rich young ruler felt, if I sell all, what am I going to become? Who am I going to be? What is going to become of me? 
But Jesus said concerning his disciples who had forsaken all, you all are going to be blessed. Do you believe it? Do you have faith? Your father, he said, your father knows that you have need of these things. He knows, but seek first the kingdom of God. Trust him that while you are following after things that will bless your life eternally, he will take care of your temporal needs. I will continue now. Psalms 37, reading from verse 6. It says, okay, from verse 5 now, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also him in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be, yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Amen. Brethren and sisters, trust the Lord, and he will bring it to pass. Have you before now been in a position where you sacrificed the Lord for temporal things, for earthly goods and riches? The Lord is making a call to you today to redirect your steps, retrace your steps and repent of your sins and follow after the Lord. Give up the world for the Lord's sake. Stop going in a line that is against the law of God. Start fulfilling the conditions and whatever your lot is, take it, believing that the Lord has reserved for you something better and be patient. Some of us, we want it now. The Lord says, wait patiently for him. Just because of one hardship we pass through, all of some of us are already fretting. We are already feeling like, oh, the Lord has brought evil upon me. The Lord is testing you. Will you fail the test? You may give up all for the Lord and things will become hard for you. The Lord is testing you. Are you going to wait patiently for him like you are told to? Wait patiently for him, he says. He will not allow you to go hungry. He will sustain you. He will bless you. Wait patiently for him. How about those who are on the verge of giving up all for the world and stop following Christ? Wait patiently for him. Have you been following the Lord and feel like, oh no, it doesn't pay me? Wait. Don't give up. The Lord bless you. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for these words you have spoken to us. I pray for your children. Forgive us our sins, all of us. For the times where we have chosen the world above you, forgive us. As we look to the example of our Lord Jesus, who left all for our sakes, more riches than we have or can ever have. I pray, Lord, that it shall inspire in us a holy emulation, that we also will do the same like he did and give up all for his sake. Lord, may your spirit work on our hearts. More than anything I have said, Lord, touch the hearts of your children that we may be transformed by the renewing of the mind, that we may trust you, that there is something you have kept in store for us, eternal life, and even in this present life, that you will take care of us. Do this for us, O Lord, and take the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Something